Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to Folsom High School on beating De La Salle and winning the NorCal Championship D1AA. I'm Ryan. Welcome to Sackdown Sports. This is Chris. Chris, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, th- it was a crazy weekend, Ryan. Um, half of us here at Sacktown Sports ran a marathon. We ran the California International Marathon. And I'll give you a hint. It wasn't me. Ryan, yeah. how are you feeling yeah. this Monday morning? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. This is my second marathon. First official one because uh, last year's got canceled. So I still ran. But a um, little sore, definitely. But I feel good. Was happy with my time. Got a little uh, little stomach ache at the end, and that slowed me down. Mm-hmm. But you know, I uh, I pushed through. Hey, I pushed you through. F- you finished. I can probably bike a marathon if I trained. So I'm, <laughs> I'm very uh, I'm very you know I'm proud to to host with a with a uh, marathon completer. Yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank you. By the way, I will say one of the best parts about running the CIM is that all the signs you see, like you're like a mile in, and some guy has a sign that said. Uh, just remember, the first person that ever did this died, uh, so that was a good one. <laughs> nice. Um, there were some that was like, this is a lot of work for a free banana. That was ah, nice. nice. Some that were like, remember, you paid to do this. Uh, saw one person that said, run Ryan Reynolds is at the finish line, so hurry up, something like that. So I ran for that. He nice. was not at the finish line. That's, that's hilarious. I, I don't think to like make a funny sign to like distract the runners, I guess, but... But that that's fun. It's fun yeah. to see that. It was. It was. I, I I wish that, like, I wish I could have done two races side by side where, one, I'm running to try and just, you know, accomplish it and finish it. But, one, I wish I could have just stopped and, like, taken pictures with all the best signs. Yeah. Because there were some really good ones out there. And I was, like, trying to remember all of them. But... I forgot many. Well, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Congratulations on Thank that. You. That's a big accomplishment. Not many people, well, I guess, most people don't run marathons. That's so true. the fact that you did it, you know, that, that's a big accomplishment. Yeah. Folsom High School beat De La Salle. Also a big accomplishment. Yeah, they beat De La Salle. Guess what? What? This is the first time in 15 years that De La Salle will not play for a state championship. That's how good De La Salle is. And that's how... What? 
Go dogs. Yeah, go dogs. Go Congratulations, dogs. Folsom. You're putting Sacramento on the map here. Well, I guess Folsom. Anything that's a suburb of Sacramento, you're Sacramento. Yeah. All right? Yeah, yeah, it's Sacramento. Yeah. I actually, because the marathon started in Folsom, and so the mayor of Folsom helped to get the race started. He made me an honorary member of Folsom for the day. So nice. I was an honorary member. So I was like, yeah, go Bulldogs. There you go. Um, but he he said that they are going to do a celebration when, when he said, Folsom wins their next state championship because they've yeah. got a few. That, that I mean, which is impressive. It's hard to do, especially a NorCal team winning a state championship. You know, you hear all the rumors, all the talks about how SoCal takes all the talent. They have all the better players. But guess what? A public school from NorCal is up here whipping people. So. Yeah, are they the best public school in the state Ooh, for football? That, so I, I, I was having a conversation with a friend. Is Long Beach Poly a public school or is it a private school? I don't know the answer to oh. that. But if if they oh, yeah. are a public school, then Folsom and Long Beach Poly have some competition there for the best public school. But if they're a private school, I'd have to say, I, I don't know. To me, it's way more impressive when a public school wins versus a private school. Because private schools can recruit and they can do all that stuff. They can get all the best talent. So I think it's impressive. Yeah, although some people say Folsom recruits. So. Well, I mean, they can't legally recruit. How about that? That's all speculation. I, and yeah. I knew some kids who went to Folsom. They didn't need to be recruited. I mean, they came from out of area, and they cheated the system a little bit, but that happens at lots of schools. And uh, they didn't need a coach to come and say, you should play for us. They wanted to play at Folsom. Right, exactly. And that's what winning does. Yeah. If you have a winning team, teams want to come play for you. Uh, that's the same with college. That's the same with the NFL, the NBA, all of sports. If your team, if your franchise is winning, then people want to come play for you. It, does, it doesn't matter. You could be in Cleveland. If you're winning, people will come and play for you. You know? Yeah, that's, uh, that's accurate, except not in Cleveland. I'm not going to Cleveland. Well, I wouldn't either, but if LeBron James says, hey, come to Cleveland, we're going to win. Yeah, but how many people went to Cleveland to go play with him? A lot. There's He's in, what movie is that? Trainwreck, maybe? He's in a movie with, oh my gosh, SNL guy. Um, anyways, and he's playing himself, and he talks about, like, he's inviting this guy to Cleveland. He's like, no, I don't think so. And he's like, why don't you ever come to Cleveland? You went to Miami when I was playing there. And he's like, yeah, it's Miami. And uh, Cleveland's yeah. great, too. <laughs> but but Cleveland, uh, no, he brought – Dwayne Wade came and played for a season or, like, half a season. Uh, like, Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie – like, well, Kyrie was drafted there. But he did bring quite a few people up to Cleveland to play. All right. All what, right. I, what I'm saying is if you're winning, people will come. Just like Milwaukee. Nobody wants to go to Milwaukee. But if you're going to have a chance to win an NBA championship – Hey, I'll move to Milwaukee. Yeah, speaking of winning, Chris, on Friday, I got my 88th win as a high school soccer coach. We beat Davis High School's Frost Soft team 5-1. So Impressive. Pretty proud of that one. How are the um, Blue Sparklers doing? Blue Sparklers, not as good. Uh, okay. We lost 10-4 on Saturday in the indoor game. And, you know, I played some good defense, but... Uh, we were outclassed. They're they're outclassed. more competitive. <laughs> they're more more competitive outdoors. They need the wind. They need to feel the the wind blowing in their hairs and the grass beneath their feet. Let's just say there's room to improve. All right, that's all. That's all that we need to say. Fair enough. Um, Cal beat USC. You're wearing a Cal shirt today. I, I am. Appreciate that from I, the UCLA I, I, guy. You know, I am. Uh, yeah, I love the Pac-12. Before I was a UCLA fan, I was a Pac-12 fan, so I didn't have any problem jumping on the UCLA uh, bandwagon with my wife's family. 
So uh, because I'm a, I'm a I'm a Pac-12 fan. Yeah. You know, I live in California. I got to stay true to Pac-12. Uh, I like Cal. So. All right. So before we jump into our Sacramento Kings and their hot streak right now, the college football playoffs are set. Chris, Bama, Georgia. Michigan, Cincinnati, not in that order, will yep. be playing. I think it is uh, Bama will play Cincinnati yep. as the one versus the four. Yep. And after Bama upset the Georgia Bulldogs in the SEC championship game. And then Michigan, as the number two seed, will play Georgia, the number three seed, in the semifinals. Oh, man. That, this is going to be good. Oh, <clears throat> by the way, I think I read somewhere on Twitter that that was – Going into the Bama and Georgia game, that was the first time since 2015 that Bama was an underdog going into a game. Yeah. That's what I read. I, I have to fact check that, but uh, that that's crazy. Yeah. Which, I mean, it sounds about right because Bama has just dominated for the past, I don't know how many years. But, yeah, they came in, they upset Georgia. I mean, Georgia's still in there. They're still a very good football team, but, you know, Bama gets I think what everyone's thinking is the weakest team in the, in the playoffs is sure. Cincinnati yeah. um, and we'll see I, I think that that game will tell a lot unfortunately they have to play Bama but if Cincinnati goes in there and they play a good game they play Alabama tough then then everyone will hear arguments for other teams getting into the playoffs yeah. but if they go in they get whipped by Alabama then then college football the the Everyone will just say, see, this is why we don't put you guys in, you know, because you go and get whooped. Yeah, here's what's interesting this year is it's the perfect year for the committee to throw Cincinnati in there and just see what happens. Because there's really, in my opinion, there's no controversy. I know the Notre Dame fans, and I talked about them last week, are like, oh, we should be in. Notre Dame should be in. But, like, Georgia was perfect until they lost to Alabama. Alabama had one upset loss and then beat Georgia. So both those teams, it makes sense to put them in. Michigan wins the Big Ten, one loss to a good Michigan State team, but beat Ohio State. They have a, you know some big wins on their oh, schedule. Yeah. Cincinnati obviously went perfect, and Cincinnati beat Notre Dame, who is the fifth team, the, the first team left out of there. And then beyond that, you have Baylor winning uh, did Baylor win the Big 12. I think they did. And then Ohio State, again, who lost to Michigan. Oh. So Also, you, the sorry to, to cut you off, though. That Baylor and Oklahoma State game was crazy. That was... Uh, that was the big Big Ten, uh, big, champion, 12. big yeah. Twelve. Sorry, Big Twelve championship game, and it was lost by inches. Yeah, yeah. that was that was crazy. Yeah, was it? Uh, yeah, it was a fourth down play. Oklahoma State ran, and he just couldn't get the edge. Couldn't get it in. Wow, Baylor that player really tracked him down fast. Yeah. yeah, that was a phenomenal defensive play there. Yeah, great game. But anyways, I, I think it's an easy decision for the committee this season to put Cincinnati in, who mm-hmm. played really well last year and didn't get in. Now this gives them the chance. And I hope Cincinnati plays well. I, you know, I'm not – I used to be on board with the Alabama hate, and then Folsom's Jonah Williams went there, and I kind of was like, oh, there's a Folsom kid. Yeah. That's cool. Right. And so then I kind of started, you know, enjoying watching their games. And uh, we'll see. I mean, it's a, fun, it's a fun Final Four, and I hope that it's not Alabama-Georgia, but um, I'm hoping Jim Harbaugh – gets into yeah. the, the... Me too. I'm excited Georgia. for that Michigan and Georgia game, man. That's going to be good because both of those programs are just good, you know, well-coached program. I'm, I'm excited for that for that matchup. And honestly, I'm excited to see what Cincinnati does. Uh, I'm going to see if they're the real... Uh, we're all going to see if they're the real deal or if they just squeaked in there and 
don't know. I still don't think they're as good as they were last year. That's my that's my take on them. I don't think they're as good as they were last year. I think they deserve to be in the playoffs, but I think that it made more sense to put them in last year, even though I don't think they're as good as Bama or Georgia, and I think those are the two best hey, teams. That's fair. That's my guess. Yeah. Anyways, let's forget about college football, and let's get to our Sacramento Kings, who, Chris, did something they haven't done in... What was the year? I have to find it. But they have not done in the Golden 1 Center. They have not beat the Clippers at home. Really? In the Golden 1 Center. Wow, that's that's an interesting stat there. Also, I was talking I went to the game on Saturday when they beat the Clippers and I have to say I think I've seen the Clippers play like probably 6 or 7 times. Like it's crazy. I I feel <laughs> like I've seen them play a lot. And uh, But it, it was a good game. It was a good atmosphere. The Golden 1 Center, it wasn't packed, which was surprising for a Saturday night game, uh, especially with tickets not being too crazy. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't packed, but it got loud in there. And you could see the Kings fans, like, just got into the game. They were excited about the way they were playing. And I can only imagine, like, Kings players thinking, like, oh, man, if we just played this well all the time, then we would have the best fans in all the sports, which would be true if, yeah. you, you know, if we see what happens when we win. Yeah, uh, you get big cheer. I mean, Sacramento wants this team to do well. Oh, like, yeah. In for every, you know, for all the Kings players who are listening, because we get a lot of Kings players who listen to right. our podcast. Here's the thing. Like, you've been a member of this team for what? Five years? Four years? I mean, who's the longest tenured Kings player right now? De'Aaron Fox at four? Um, it hasn't been that long, right? So you have wanted to win on this team for four years. Like, you wanted the Kings to win. Yeah. Whatever. Kings fans have been watching. I mean, you and I have grown up here. Like, I've wanted this team to win for 34 years. Yeah. And for all but six of those years, the Kings have been right. really bad. Mm-hmm. For 15 years, the Kings have been really bad. Oh, yeah. And so some of these players, I mean, they're still very young. Like, right. you don't even remember the Kings' glory years. Like, you exactly. weren't even around. So, like, all we've been through is bad. So when Kings fans boo, when Kings fans aren't showing up at this point, it's not because they're not great fans. It's not because they're not desperate to win. Yeah. It's because, not necessarily on your fault, but, the like, the curse on this organization has caused devastation for right. Kings fans. And well, it's just hard to get into. Yeah, we, we always talk about how frustrating it is to be a Kings fan. But really, the players, they're young players. Like, most of these guys are, like, you know, early 20s uh, that are playing for this team. But they're getting the brunt of 15 years of frustrated yeah. fans. You know, like... Yes, of course they want to win. All of these guys on this team were the best in their high school. They were the best in college. They they are used to winning. Everybody in the league is used to winning. And then you come to the Kings, and then you just don't win, and you get 15 years of frustrated fans like pouring it onto you, taking it out on you. And like I just feel for them because Sacramento has a great fan base. We have witnessed this. Yeah. Like, we're a part of it. Even when they lose, we're still a great fan base. But I do feel bad for them sometimes because they do get the frustration uh, of us just wanting them to win. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think that that there's different levels of fans? But do you think that fans ultimately – it's a weird question. Who wants their franchise to win more, fans or the players? Because, like, obviously the players have dreamed of winning a championship for themselves – but, 
I mean, as a fan, I've dreamed of watching the Kings win. Like, yeah. I feel like my desire for the Kings to win is probably equal to right. Darren Fox's desire to win yeah, a championship. Yeah, because, you know, it's their dream to play in the league, you know. I don't know if it was necessarily any of their dreams to play for the Kings, you know, <laughs> but it was their dream to play for the in the league, dream to win a championship, dream to do great things, and they could do that anywhere. Yeah. The fans, we're loyal to this team. We're loyal to the city. We're loyal to... The players that put on the Kings jerseys every game. Yeah. That's who we're loyal to. The Kings, you know, we hope that they're as loyal to the city as we are to them. But at the end of the day, the players, they can go play in Cleveland, you know, and still live out their dream. They can go play wherever they want and live mm-hmm. out their dream. So I think it would probably be the fans, even though, you know, our, our hope is that they're as passionate about winning on the Kings as we are. Sure. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about kind of where the Kings are at right now because it's been a weird couple weeks since Alvin Gentry took over. We've had some ugly losses, right? We lost to the Sixers, who were basically playing with their G League team. We lost to the Grizzlies with no John Morant. We lost to the Lakers with no LeBron. Uh, we beat the Clippers twice, once in L.A. with, let's be honest, most of their yeah, players Paul not George, playing. Yeah, Paul George didn't play. But then we get our first win. It was since 2013, our first win over the Clippers at home with Paul George yep. in the lineup. Um, we've obviously ha- we've had the game against the Lakers in L.A. where we won and the Blazers game where we won. Alan Gentry right now is 4-3 and three with this team. How are you feeling? I mean, we can do our, our kind of weekly, weekly uh, number here, our mm-hmm. weekly temperature gauge. How are you feeling right now about the Alvin Gentry era and the Kings as a whole? Because you're coming off of two wins against a good team. Right. You just got your first win in 20 years. But the, are you excited? Are you feeling optimistic? Yeah, or? I, yeah, I'm feeling more excited. I'd say, you know, I said I wasn't going to go a five ever. I think I said I was like a three or four before last week. You're not even going to go a five ever? No, five is the middle of the road. You got to pick. Okay. You're either excited or you're not. Oh, you're either I see. Four oh, that's or right. A six. Oh, I thought. Sorry, I thought you meant you were never going to go with a five, as in like you weren't ever going to go get up to even. Middle oh of the yeah. Road. So <laughs> I think out. since I'm not going to go five, I think I would go six. I am excited mm-hmm. because I see I see good things happening. Right. I I see De'Aaron Fox. Guess what? He drew the assignment of Paul George yeah. on that game. I was there. I saw him. He played great. Oh, well, he played – actually, he did play great defense on Paul George. Paul George was fairly quiet. He had 15 points uh, in 38 minutes, which Paul George, in my opinion, is one of the better players in the league. Um, so the fact that Darren Fox, who's been criticized on his defense, drew that assignment. He was guarding him most of the game. Mm-hmm. If De'Aaron Fox and Paul George were in, he was guarding him. And, and he played good defense. He – yeah, I, I liked it. Terrence Davis, he had the hot hand. He was stepping up. He was hitting threes. Uh, we played without Harrison Barnes, who we know can step up, play good defense. Mm-hmm. He can hit a shot or two when we need him to. And I love the way that Tyrese Halliburton and De'Aaron Fox are playing together. They're getting Holmes involved in the pick and roll, even though it says here Holmes only had one point. That's weird. But uh, they were getting him involved. Uh, the, I like the pick and roll. I like what they're doing. I am excited for where we're going. Yeah. Holmes doesn't necessarily need to score in order to be effective because he can play off that pick and roll. And I mean, he can just, you know, feed the ball to somebody else as well. Um, but yeah, you'd like him to be a little more involved than, you know, zero and three, but again, you get the win. So it doesn't matter. And the Kings did go to a relatively small lineup. 
uh, Gentry said, or I think it was Gentry, that basically they were trying to break down the, the Clippers' zone defense. So they went with four guards in there. They had Davis, Halliburton, yeah. um, Fox, and uh, uh, Davion, I think, were the, were the four that were in there primarily because Buddy got less of a run in this game. No, yeah, he did. I, I remember late in the game, they ran. It was just Holmes and the four guards. It wasn't relatively small. It was small. Like, it, it, yeah, and I, we were nervous about that. Me and my buddy that I went with, we were nervous about that. I was like, all right, the Kings have a history of blowing the lead in the fourth quarter. We're going into the fourth quarter with a lead, and we're going to this small lineup. If this doesn't work, this is why, because we are outmatched in three of the positions. You know, if you – well – I guess De'Aaron Fox did a good job on Paul George. All right, we were outmatched in two of the positions. Well, it's still outmatched. I mean, De'Aaron Fox versus Paul George. Paul George should win that matchup. Yeah, he should. But De'Aaron Fox was playing good defense that night. You know, if we can get him to do that on a consistent basis, he can be a superstar in this league. We know the potential of De'Aaron Fox. I love Marvin Bagley coming in. He played just as much as Buddy, but he he got a triple-double. I'm... Uh, excuse me, a double-double. Not a triple-double. I was looking at the minutes. Whatever. Give him a triple-double. Yeah, 11 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, he, he, was, he, he had a double in minutes, so triple-double. Yeah, triple-double. Triple points and rebounds. Exactly. Um, yeah, double-double, 20 minutes. He was effective. He was aggressive. He was rebounding the ball. He was scoring the ball when he had to. I loved it. And he is earning his spot. In sure. this lineup, how do you continue to not play him? Yeah. You know, he he's going to get more and more minutes, and he's earning them. Yeah, he, you know, I saw I saw a tweet from Carmichael Dave today, um, and I don't know. T- tell me what you think about this. You know, a lot of people are trying to figure out what's what's the deal with Bagley, right? Like he just had a terrible attitude with the Kings, and then you know maybe the coaching really was that bad. Who knows? But I mean, two coaches he kind of helped to run out of here. And then he's suddenly back in the lineup, and he's getting minutes. And, you know, was that just out of necessity? Was that that Alvin Gentry saw something that, that Luke Walton didn't see? Was that that Vivek came down and said, I want Marvin Bagley to play because he's our guy? Um, uh, Carmichael Dave said most – this is his theory, I believe. He said here's what probably most likely happened is that Monty sat down with Marvin and his agent – and basically said, look, we need to raise your value because we want to trade you, but we're not trading you for nothing. So we're going to give you minutes. You better go out there and bust your butt and, and basically earn your trade, like earn a team yeah. wanting you. Hey. And I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how the Kings I, – I could see that the Kings probably still are ready to move on because he, you know, he had a bad attitude. Yeah. Um, and you're always going to be worried about that with you know, whichever coach comes in. But regardless, right now he's playing well. And I will say this, though, because you're mentioning Marvin Bagley. Um, I look at the Kings starting lineup, and you know this is going to be a lineup that I think we look at years from now, as I do with many Kings lineups, and be like, oh my goodness, what is happening right there? Because Fox, great. Halliburton, great. Holmes, great. But then like the other two spots have been filled by like Terrence Davis, mm-hmm. who is very streaky, yep. and, and Metu, who like... Right. Great energy guy, like, love his contributions. He is not a starter in the NBA. Right. And you're looking at two guys who have no business being in a starting lineup. I hope that, I mean, I know that Holmes has earned his place, and I know that Fox has earned his place, and I believe that Halliburton is 
is certainly going to be a guy that you look back on and say, yeah, he was a good player. Right. Um, but like, man, when you just look at something like the, you're like, how are the Kings winning when you're starting Metu at the four? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, that's a great question because in any other on any other team, those guys aren't starting. You know, and that's what makes me nervous about the Kings is because the Kings always have like the couple good guys and then other guys that wouldn't would barely even play on other teams yeah. on winning teams. So that that's just the Kings right now. But Terrence Davis has had the hot hand lately. I understand playing him now, but I expect him to go cold because he is streaky. And Metu I, yeah, Harrison once Harrison Barnes comes back, uh Mets I imagine Metu will go back to the bench. And I think that it had Marvin Bagley stepping in and taking minutes. Right, it, it could be because uh, Monty McNair had a talk with him and his agent. That sounds actually reasonable. Yeah. But it also could be because they went without Halliburton. I mean, um, Rashawn Holmes and Harrison Barnes, Barnes for yeah. a game, and they needed him to come in yeah. and play some games, and he played well. And then they're like, "All right, well, let's see if you can do it again." And now he's earning minutes, so that could be an option as well, or it yeah. could be a combination of the both. Yeah. It could, definitely. And, I mean, you know, that's always one of those weird parts of the NBA, of the business, because Monty McNair's got to be going to Alvin Gentry and saying, listen, I know this guy had a bad attitude or may, like, maybe you don't, but, like, we need to see him on the floor yeah. because we have to trade this guy. And if you want a better player coming back, like, if you want more talent coming back, I need to raise his value. It's interesting to see what Monty McNair is going to do because I think that here's – I didn't even get my weekly temperature. Mine's, I'm still, I'm, I've bumped up from a three and I'm at a four where I'm like, okay, like they can, you know, they can hang in there some games. The energy is there right now. I like that. Like there's some really ugly losses. And so that's still where I'm like, you know, this week you had the loss to the Lakers, uh, but then you had the two wins against the Clippers and the loss of Memphis was, was last week. So uh, the Lakers loss was really ugly and then two good wins. So I'm like, I don't know. I just don't like I I'm just kind of blah about this team. Yeah. Like it's fun when they win and and there's potential and someone mentioned on Twitter like the Kings three-point percentage when like wide open is atrocious. Yeah. And uh, and like you hope that the law of averages says that that will actually come up and then maybe the Kings will actually just start winning just because they've been shooting the ball really really poorly as a team. So you hope that like that's an anomaly which it is. But surely that can't go the whole season. And so maybe start stringing together some wins. I like what Alvin Gentry's doing, even going with the small guard lineup. I like some of the ways he's sticking with guys or keeping guys on the bench who aren't performing. You know, So I like some of the things he's doing. I have a little bit of hope. But the roster is definitely – I mean, even at the start of the season, we were starting Mo Harkless. Mo Harkless is not a starter in the NBA at this point either. Like, he's just not. So right. Harrison Barnes, sure, like he can be. So you have maybe four guys who are capable of starting in the NBA right now that are starting, but you need that final spot. And maybe that goes to Marvin Bagley now, um, or you know you go you immediately start with three guards. But but even that, like you're starting Terrence Davis over Buddy and over Davion, which is strange. Yeah. So there's clearly a gap in this team, and it'll be interesting to see if Monty McNair is able to address that this season, or if he waits till the off season. It'll be interesting to see if we're buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. A lot of question marks still for this team. Um, but, you know, we got a few days to actually get some practice in before game versus Orlando, which is a winnable game. Yeah. And the Kings have been doing better uh, when they've had actually some practice time. So 
you know, Gentry's kind of getting this team going his direction with a couple practice days, and we'll see how they perform against the Magic. I mean, Magic at Charlotte, at Cleveland, at Toronto are like the next four coming up. So the schedule's not too difficult, Yeah. but we've seen that before. Like, we've heard the story before, and oh, the yeah. Kings have underperformed. So, I don't know. Hopefully next week I'm... I'm out of five, because I'll go to a five. I'm not. I'm yeah. not. I am mad about it. You know, <laughs> but All right. we'll see. Fair enough. Any other uh, Kings talk, Chris? King? Uh, no. I, I I think we I think we covered it. Um, yeah, we just have to wait and see. You know, because all these winnable games are. They're just that. They're winnable, but the Kings seem to lose the win- the winnable game. So we'll see how we do on the road. And I'm excited, Chris. If the playoffs started today. The Kings would miss the play-in game by one game. Classic Kings. Classic Kings. Always missing potential playoffs by one game. By now one we just game. have to be a little bit worse than we used to be. Um, yeah, I was just uh, we were talking about the Bucks earlier, and I couldn't remember how well they were doing, but they're doing very well. Fifteen and nine um, for Milwaukee this season. Third in the East. The Bulls are number two in the East. Man, Lonzo Ball has been playing. Balling. Balling. If yeah, he's will. been balling. And DeMar DeRozan. Man, people forgot that DeMar. People go to San Antonio and then they just get forgotten about because they play boring basketball. But they <laughs> people forget that Coach Popovich is a very good coach and he knows what he's doing. Uh, and DeMar DeRozan was one of the best players in the league when he went to San Antonio. So, He's coming back. Uh, the, that Bulls team is kind of scary. Yeah. And yeah. they're playing together. Um, do you remember when the um, – oh, my gosh. I'm blanking on his name. Zach Levine. Zach Levine, thank you. When the Kings signed an offer sheet on Zach Levine. Yep. And Kings fans were, like, freaking out because they're like, this is such a bad contract. He's a terrible player. Yeah. He's – I mean, he's a great scorer. I don't know. Yeah, I look still, at him now. I, yeah, I think he would have been worthy of a pick. Anyways, let's go from, I guess, the good of this week and the Kings winning to the bad of this week in the Niners losing oh boy. to the Seahawks. Chris, I saw since, what year was it? Um, it's been a lot, like, in the last, like, 19 games against the Seahawks, the Niners have won four of them. Jeez. It was, I mean, it's an atrocious stat against the Man, Seahawks. They have our number, and they're not, let me say this, the Seahawks are not a good football team. No, they're not. The first quarter of this game, the first half of this game was the ugliest football game I've ever seen, <laughs> ever. Like, including Pop Warner, including, like, little Mighty Mites, like, five-year-olds play. It was terrible football, and it was, like, all over the place, but... It was happening on both sides. Both sides were throwing interceptions and and getting weird flags and doing... It was just weird. It was ugly. I didn't like it. The Seahawks started off... Their first score was a fake punt. Who does a fake punt? Come on, man. Like, that's how you have to beat us? With a fake punt? I'm just mad because it actually worked. Uh, I'm not actually mad about the the play. Whatever. Do it. But it actually worked. That sucked. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, he wasn't even bad. He just threw... Two terrible interceptions in the two worst times ever. And he he was 20 of 30 for almost 300, 299 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He wasn't bad, but he threw two picks at terrible times, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think he was pretty bad. I mean, his numbers were okay, and he had some good throws. But, like, there are also some throws that, that even he made that was just like, that's not a good throw. I mean, just... Yeah. 
yeah, trying he, to squeeze it into places right. and got fortunate. I mean, he had one incomplete that uh, who was it to? I mean, he sailed it over somebody and and uh, you you I think Kittle. Um, he just had some really bad plays. Oh yeah, and you know in the two minute drill he was great until we were stopped. But like, I, I wasn't. I just he he's been playing really well, and I didn't think he was the worst quarterback. But I also didn't think he was good. Sure. Okay. That that's fair because yeah, the first half, especially the first half, he was he was sailing it over people's. People yeah, he said, picked it up in the yeah, second. Yeah, he half pi- a he picked bit. it up and he he did he ended the game not terrible, but we lost. Yeah. Elijah Mitchell, 22 carries for 66 yards. They just stopped us running the ball. George Kittle had a monster game, nine receptions for 181 yards and two touchdowns, which was crazy, but they just had our number. If we, if the Niners can't run the ball, we seem to lose. If, yeah, if our running sure. game isn't rolling, we seem to lose. Because yeah. a lot of Kyle Shanahan's offense banks on the running game succeeding. Yes. Um, Chris, I don't know if this is a, a thing or not, but uh, Kyle Madsen, who used to work for Sports 1140, tweeted this out. He said, 49ers under Kyle Shanahan are 7-29 and when one player gets 10 or more targets. So the only seven wins out of 36 that we've had... Marquise Goodwin twice, George Kittle twice, Debo Samuel three, including week one this year. So they just lose more often than win when one player gets 10 or more targets. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this last week. Kyle Shanahan's offense thrives when you get everyone involved. Yeah. When you when you get nine receivers the ball, you know, and nine targets to George Kittle. We noticed this in the game, and this is where I, w- I would have to – retract my statement and kind of agree with you that Jimmy was playing bad because he was forcing the ball to George Kittle. Yeah. He had nine receptions. I don't even know how many targets he had because he, yeah, he was forcing him the ball. And that's where two of the picks came from. Mm-hmm. I believe at least one of them came from when he was trying to force Kittle the ball and just threw it right to the the linebacker there. It was ridiculous. And yeah, so I take back my statement of he didn't play bad because he did play bad. Yeah, I think part of the problem is that I think what this demonstrates is, like, I feel like when we have 10 or more targets to one player, it's because something's not working right. It's because the run game's not going. It's yep. because other guys aren't getting open. And so it does make Jimmy very, one like, focused on one thing. I didn't think Brandon Ayuk had a particularly great game. He had three receptions for 55 yards, six targets. Um, at least one of those I felt like he should have gotten a catch. I think on the uh, – was it on a third down play that he got the ball, went to the ground. I think kind of the ground – he dropped on the ground, so didn't complete the catch. Um, you know, Trent Sherfield had a couple catches in there, but they were certainly missing Debo. Now, this team has enough talent that they should be able to win without Debo. Yeah. Um, defensively, you're missing, like, your first – second and fourth best linebackers. Yeah. That was a big deal. And then, listen, Dante Johnson, bless his heart, he's not an NFL cornerback. Like, he's a guy who probably is a good player on the practice field and probably a special teams guy, but there's a reason why he bounces around the league and he's on and off the Niners roster all the time. And he was playing crucial minutes late and had a couple bad penalties late because of injuries to yeah. uh, Mosley, Mosley and yeah. and I mean and Mosley has been playing amazing this year. So like yeah. 
you the Niners can't afford that many injuries. I think at their fully healthy, I think they can compete. But when you start losing some of those secondary and certainly a guy like Fred Warner, right. you're going to suffer. Now, the Seahawks have been really bad on offense, and you still should have gotten it done. But they didn't. And, I mean, again, the special teams was atrocious. Jeez, man. It, a fake punt? It was like 73 yards. Come on. Mm. It, that, that, that hurt. And a fumble on the kickoff return from Travis oh, Benjamin. Oh, yeah. Travis Benjamin. You get called into action, and then you fumble like... I think he caught one before that, but you fumble right away? Come on. Yeah, I think he had a punt return before that. He doesn't normally return kickoffs, but he knows how to hold the ball. In his right, hands. and you can catch. He's an, Yeah, come on. So, yeah, it wasn't good. I, I do want to say this. The Niners should not be using this as an excuse, but I will. The officiating in this game was atrocious. On that last third down play, I mean... It was 100% a pass interference on Trent Sherfield. Like, I've never seen a more ob- – okay, I have seen more. The the Saints – was it the Saints yeah, Packers, Saints, Saints Vikings, oh, whatever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a more obvious pass interference. But, like, he was, like, full-on hugging him. And, I mean, like, he grabbed – he grabbed him from behind. He grabbed his arm. Like, he – that was such an obvious pass interference call. And I know you don't want to, like, end the game on plays like that. Right. But you have to call that play. Like, you have to call that pass interference. Yeah. He was tackling him. And then you go and you look at, look, uh, I think it was Trent Sherfield had the block in the back, which was stupid. But it also, to me, I'm like, I don't know. It didn't even make any difference at all. Because he, like, tried to grab him and basically missed. And the player made the tackle. And you're calling the penalty. And I was like, it's not, is that really a Like, I don't know. I don't know what the rule is there. But it feels like. If you try and grab him and he just tackles the player, that you're not going to call a block in the back because yeah. you didn't actually block him. And then there was a, the holding call that even the announcers who seemed more pro Seahawks were like, that was a ticky-tack holding call on the Niners' offensive line. And then later saw another play where uh, one of the Seahawks' touchdowns was scored because of a holding call right in front of the ref that was not called um, against the Seahawks' offensive line. And so it's just like... The Niners' defense has been called for every pass interference possible, and to lose the game because a third-down defensive player is jumping on your receiver, like yeah. going for a piggyback ride on him, and you're not making the call is like, listen, the Niners should have done better, but also, as a podcaster, I can say this, the officiating has to be better, and that was so frustrating. Yeah, I, I agree. Um but it wasn't just on the officiating. No, absolutely also, not. Yeah. You, your special teams, again, was, you know, and, and you look at the two Seahawks games, and these are the two games that, if the Niners miss the playoffs, these are the two games that I think you need to look at and say, that's where we failed. Because, look, the Colts game was a mess. The Cardinals are a very good football team. Um, the Packers, like, yeah, you could have done better, but you lost to a miracle by Aaron Rodgers. Like, these Seahawks games, these are this is against a bad football team that, yes, was playing out of their mind against the Niners, as usual. But, like, I saw someone else, I saw someone else tweet this out. But they said, you know, if, if uh, I think it was Jeff Dini, said a lot of issues everywhere in both games, both the two Seahawks games. But if they get just adequate special teams play, the Niners probably win both Seattle contests. So, I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's not great because... The other thing was, uh, you know, Seattle's kickoff returns were really good. And so Shanahan brought up at least twice 
Seattle's 26-yard kickoff return to the 35 that set up their TD drive at the end of the first half. Um, yeah, you, you can't have that kind of stuff. Like, you have to play better on special teams. That's, That's right. one of the three elements of the game, and if the Niners play a little bit better on special teams, they probably win this game. So this is a big game. Now, that being said, I still like the Niners' chances to make the playoffs because a lot of the other teams have lost as well, yeah, and the, there's not really great teams competing for that final spot. Yeah, there were exciting things that happened around the league. The Lions beat the Vikings, which I predicted, <clears throat> and the Vikings losing definitely helps the 49ers, even yep. though the 49ers lost. It's like, come on, man, you, you need to beat a bad Seahawks team. But the Lions beat the Vikings on a last-second play. They won with no time left. That was a... You know, it, it was an awesome moment for Lions and Lions fans. Uh, we also had um, Minshew Mustache is back, and he won. With Jalen Hurts out, he beat the Jets, even though, I mean, the Jets aren't very good. But Minshew Mustache <laughs> is back. I love Minshew Mustache because I get to say Minshew Mustache. Yeah. So I'm going to say that as many times as possible as long as he started. I was not happy. I didn't even know that Hurts was had an injury and normally right before the 10 a.m. games I check my fantasy lineup but I was around mile 18 at 10 a.m. so uh you know I didn't think to check my fantasy lineup and had (laughs) Jalen Hurts in one and lost because I didn't have a quarterback in my stinking league but good for Minshew good for Minshew um Dolphins and Washington stay hot by the way if the playoffs started today Washington would now be in the playoffs with as the sixth seed. Uh, Tyler Heineke starting to get paid. Getting, yeah. He makes more money every win, I guess. And, hey, that's cool. And I think Ryan Fitzpatrick is healthy and just staying on the bench because hey, yeah. Heineke's been playing great. Right. Why, why would you play him if he, you keep winning? You know, play the hot hand. Did you, say, uh, did you see that there was going to be a movie about Kurt Warner and, uh, I don't know, it's like Underdog or, you know, his... Like, how unexpected his story was. Yeah. And maybe one day there'll be a Tyler Heineke movie. Maybe. As well. Yeah. If he, I mean, if he turns into something great, there's potential yeah, there. Yeah, Kurt Warner was really, really good. So Yeah, he was. You, know, you might have to win a Super Bowl or something That's first, right. But that was That's great. right. All right, Chris, let's give out some awards here. What was your most surprising loss? My most shocking loss was the Bengals. I thought that they they've been hot. They've been they've been hot. Their offense has been hot, and they lost to the Chargers, who have been on a down uh, like a, a, a downhill roll. I don't know what I'm saying. It's, <laughs> <laughs> they they've been sucking recently. Yeah. But I mean, we knew that the Chargers were good, but they just haven't been playing like that. Uh, so I thought that the Bengals losing at home to the Chargers uh, was uh, my most shocking loss, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I, that was what I had as well. Um, the Bengals have been weird this year because there's times where they play great and then all of a sudden they're like the top of the AFC and then they lose a couple games to teams. I mean, Chargers are a good team. Chargers have just been surprisingly losing multiple. Um, but hopefully this is the start of a at least two-week losing streak for the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, yeah, hopefully because the Niners play them next yes, week. So exactly. So, but uh, a good football team. I mean, Chargers are a good football team, so that's not surprising. But right. they also kind of got smacked. And right. Again, Chargers had not been playing well. Bengals had been. 
So I it, agree with you. It, it, that's why it's the most shocking because the Chargers haven't been playing well. We yeah. know that they have talent. My worst loss, I have to give to the 49ers. First, it was an ugly game, and you, we need all the wins we can get yeah. here. You know, we need to win all the winnable games if we want to make it to the playoffs. So I have to give them the worst loss. It was the most painful for me for sure, but I'm going to go a different direction maybe because I just don't want to say the Niners. Um, and I'm going to go with the Ravens losing to the Steelers, Ooh, losing yep. to division rival. Yep. And they went for it. They went for the two-point conversion to win the game and came up just short. Uh, and apparently their two-point conversion is the worst in the league since like Lamar Jackson has come in the league. That's so crazy because something bad. Yeah. You know, you expect him to get a couple yards every right. play. Because he's uh, so dangerous. Yeah. Like he can run out and then he has tons of options right there. They asked Mike Tomlin about that. Were you surprised that they went for two at the end of the game? He said, no, not at all. They played the analytic game and a lot of times it doesn't work for him. <laughs> yeah. Do you think the Niners would have gone for two had they scored the touchdown? I I think so. Yeah. I think because they were banged up on the defense and you don't want to give Russell Wilson a chance uh, to win the game. So, I mean, a lot of co- coaches are going for two nowadays, especially if you're Kyle Shanahan. You're a great offensive Shanahan mind. is so, like, conservative, though. He is, but he can draw up a play to win the game from the, what, the three-yard line or wherever they, they go from? Well, he did drop a play from there, and the Niners didn't score well, on third or fourth down. Fair enough. Boys. That's fair. <laughs> All right. Point point proven. But also, apparently, Trent Sherfield was wide open in the end zone on the second one when Jimmy went the other way. So, should have gone that way there. Whatever. Yep. Um, all right. What is your most impressive win, Chris? Got to go with the Lions. The Lions getting their first dub of the season. They beat a fairly good Vikings team who has been, you know, showing flashes that they can play well. But I got to go with the Lions. Yeah, I went the same way. That's uh, that's just a lot of fun to see the Lions get their first win and to do it on a fourth and two play, unlike what the Niners try to do. With no time left, they get the touchdown over a good Vikings team. Congratulations, Lions. You will not be completely defeated this you year. You will not be the worst team ever. Yeah. I mean, the Lions still are one of the worst teams ever. By the way, apologies, I think, to the Texans. Because last week I said the Texans were the worst team in football, and I completely forgot about the Lions. Just forgot yeah. how bad they've been. That's right. So, apologies. The Lions are the worst team. But they get a win. Congratulations. Uh, what's your best resume win here? Best resume win. I have to go with the Chiefs, mm. not because they beat the Broncos, because everyone expected them to beat the Broncos, but because I feel like they're back on track now. They yeah. figured it out. They Their defense has been playing better it's not great but they've been playing better and they're figured out their offense Clyde uh Edward Tolaire Clyde Edward Tolaire have has been playing better Patrick Mahomes isn't throwing crazy interceptions and I think that they're putting together their resume for the playoffs and so overall I think that uh, I got to give it to the Chiefs yeah that I I was thinking along those lines, but I went with a different team. I went with the Washington football team who bumped their way into the playoffs um, against the Raiders who have been you know, on and off being good right. and bad this year. So it's not necessarily about beating the Raiders. That's not as impressive. But I think just getting their sixth win of the season and they're looking like a team that can compete with you know, a lot of teams in the league. I don't think they're the best team, but they certainly are competitive. So Washington, for me, had the best resume win, um, putting them in, in firm contention for a playoff spot 
Which hey. I did not see them coming. Honestly, I forgot about them. Oh, and no. I looked at the playoff standings. Like, I think I don't think anything's changed. I think all the teams that were right below the Niners lost. And then I look, and the Niners are now the seventh seed because Washington jumped them after that. I was like, Washington, where yeah. did you come from? Right. Like, I was not paying attention to how well they have been playing. And, I mean, maybe that just says more about, you know, there's a lot of parity in the NFL this year. Everyone's beating everyone. Oh, yeah. All right, speaking of everyone beating everyone, let's go to our picks for the week, starting with the Monday night game today. Uh, Bills versus the Patriots. Wow. This should be a good one. This should be a really really well. Yeah. The the Patriots have been really hot uh, lately, and Mac Jones has been playing, you know, well above what everyone expected him to play. and I, I think the Patriots, are, are they're just a good team now. But I'm going with the Bills tonight. You know why? Because they're playing in Buffalo. And I yeah. think that the Bills have a better offense. I think that the, the Patriots are going to slow down. They're going to take. They're going to come back to reality a little bit. They're still a good team, and they'll still make the playoffs. Don't get me wrong. But I think the Bills come out with a win today. Being at home, I think Bills Mafia shows up and beats the Patriots. Yeah, I... I'm debating changing my pick here just very quickly. Um, I thought they were locked in stone. They are locked, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Bills. I just the the reason I I would consider I didn't factor in the fact that I think the Patriots played they played last Thursday night against the Titans with that one they played feels like they've had a long extended week and Bill Belichick is just a magician. Um, but I'm I'm gonna stick with the Bills. I think they're a better team. I think they're winning in Buffalo, but. Uh, you know, this is probably a mistake to bet against Bill Belichick on in a longer, even if it's just Sunday to Monday, on a longer week. So um, I'm going with the Bills. All right, let's go to the Thursday night game. We got the Steelers versus the Vikings. This one is actually a toss-up. This is a good game right here because the Vikings have, both of these teams have proven that they can lose. All right? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's true. You know, uh but the Vikings, I think they're they're in the playoff hunt, and I think that they want to make it to the playoffs. Obviously, every team does. But I think that they're going to bounce back. I think they're going to have a big – actually, you know what? I'm going with the Steelers because I don't know if Adam Thielen is going to be back. I think he left the game early on Sunday. And if they don't have uh, Adam Thielen, I think that their offense is significantly worse. And I'm going to go with the Steelers. I think uh, Najee Harris is going to run for 100 yards and get two touchdowns. Yeah, this game is honestly a toss-up for me. But I went with the Steelers mostly just because I want the teams around the Niners to lose. So this is more of a uh, a rooting pick, but you're right. Again, parity in the NFL this year. There's a lot of teams like that are around 500 or hovering around 500. Less dominant teams this year than I think normal. Yeah, right. And a lot of teams are in the playoff hunt, including the Steelers. Like they're in the playoff hunt in the AFC right now. So um, it, it will be. You know, both these teams are competing for one of those final playoff spots in their conference. But um, yeah, I think that the Steelers are just on the outside looking in right now. But anyways, going with the Steelers. Well, let's talk Niners, Bengals, Chris. Battle of weird teams, right? Niners played really well for a few weeks. Then they lose to an ugly Seahawks team. The Bengals had, you know, at one point, I think at like seven weeks in, they were the top of the AFC. Then they went on a losing streak. Joe Burrow's played well. They certainly have a lot of weapons. I think Fred Warner's probably back next week. Debo, unsure. What's happening in this game? This one is going to be a toss-up. I'm going to pick the Niners because they're my team. And if it's a toss-up, I have to go with my team. But, I mean, the Bengals, 
they're weird to me. They're so unpredictable. Like they could to- they could beat the best team in the league, but then they could lose to the Jags like the next week. You never you never know with them. But I'm gonna go with the 49ers. I think that. Um, we get a little bit more healthy on defense. I don't know if Debo will play. He was expected to be, miss one to two weeks. Yeah. So if he sits out, which I'm all for him getting fully healthy before he comes back um, because we're going to need him down the stretch if we make the playoffs, which when we make the playoffs, I apologize. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna go with the 49ers. I think that uh, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll win this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Niners as well here, obviously, because I told you I'm going to pick them every week. Um, and I, I – I don't know. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen. But yes, I. I could certainly see. I think we should. I, there's. There's not a team that I'm like the Niners can't beat them on their best day. Right. So we just need to have a better game than we did this last week. All right. Um, I moved away from the score. Ravens so Browns. Ten a.m. game. Uh, division rival game. Uh, man, this one's a toss up. I think I'm going to go with the Ravens. Uh, the Browns just haven't been playing as well as they can. Yeah. I got the Ravens this week coming off a tough loss against the Steelers. I don't think the Ravens are quite as good as even their record shows, but um, I'm taking them this week. Right. Titans, Jaguars. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Titans. Also, I do have to say I was wrong. Julio Jones has been hurt this season. He didn't get his 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. Well, he still can, but there's very limited time to do that, and he would have to have miracle games to do that. But, uh, yeah, he I thought he was going to come back, be dominant. Uh, I was wrong, and he was injured. And I guess the, I guess the uh, Falcons were right, and I was wrong. I guess. Well, the the other teams were right, maybe to not give a first round pick for Julio Jones because of his injury concerns yeah. and his age. But great receiver. I mean, who knows? You know, could be a one year thing, but. I mean, you do look at, like, an A.J. Green, right? He was great until injuries started coming and then right. all of a sudden just fell off. Yeah. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully Julio gives us at least one more great year at some yeah. point. But You going Titans sure. as well? Titans, yes. Easy pick all for right. me. Um, I'm going with the Chiefs against the Raiders here. Just I think the Chiefs are a better team. They're playing hot right now. And although they still have not been their normal great, but they look better than – the Raiders, although yeah. the Raiders have kind of had their number lately too. They kind of, I mean, they always play them tough. It doesn't matter, like, yeah, it doesn't matter if the Raiders are the worst team in the league. They're always going to play the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the Chargers tough. But I'm going to go with the Chiefs as well. I think that they're stringing together wins. And they're going to get hot, and yeah, I think the Chiefs are going to win that one. Uh, Saints and Jets again. Uh, Saints are another team that's kind of in that mix of the playoff hunt, but they've this been is, slipping away. Yeah, this is embarrassing. Uh, on here next to the game, it shows like between the two teams, who's the leading, uh, you know, pass uh, quarterback, who's the leading rusher, who's the leading receiver. Zach Wilson. Between the Saints and the Jets, Zach Wilson is the best quarterback with six touchdowns uh, on the season. So well, I, only yeah. 1,500 yards. Right. On the season. This is ridiculous. I'm going to go with the Saints. I think they're going to beat the Jets. The Jets are bad. <laughs> Same. But it is, I mean, it's because the Saints have played with like 19 different quarterbacks this right. season. So, uh, you know, some of that's injuries. Cowboys, Washington, all of a sudden, this is an interesting game. Cowboys have not been playing as well. Washington's been hot. I do love my Washington football team, but I also kind of need them to lose. Chris, what are you picking? Uh, I'm going to pick the Cowboys. I think that they're just better. Unfortunately for Ezekiel Elliott fantasy owners, Tony Pollard has been stealing touches from him and playing well. So you might want to think about uh, sitting Zeke 
uh, moving forward. I sat him go. last week in one of my leagues, and it was a, it paid off because he only got like six points. Anyways, I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. I think that their offense is good. I think that the Washington football isn't as good. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I'm going to also go with the Cowboys. Uh, partly, this is one week where I'm okay rooting for the Cowboys because it helps the Niners here. So, Panthers, Falcons... You going with your Falcons? Uh, this is an ugly game. You know what? I'm going to go with them. I'm going to go with the Falcons. Uh, it's an ugly game. I think that either team could win. I also think that either team could lose. So I'm going to go with the Falcons just because I got Cordell Patterson on two of my leagues. So All right. Well, taking I'm them. taking the Panthers. So we're picking differently here. And right. uh, Cam Newton, although no Christian McCaffrey, out for the season now. That's Thank a you. That was my – I was really excited this year to have the number one pick in one of my fantasy leagues. And uh, – didn't pay out. Not great. Although, yeah. like, the first, like, three picks have Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook were the first, like, three picks in most leagues, and they've all had injury issues. Anyways, uh, Seahawks-Texans. I said that the Seahawks would probably not win another game this year um, or would win very few. I think I told one person they weren't going to win another one. I was wrong because they're playing the Texans, and they're going to beat the Texans. Absolutely. I think the Seahawks win this one easily because the Texans suck. <laughs> yes, they do. Now, Chris, Lions-Broncos. Who do you like in this one? Uh, this one is interesting. I think they both could lose. I think that the Lions might be able to string two back-to-back, but I think I'm going to go with Teddy Bridgewater and the Denver Broncos at home. I'm going to go with the Broncos here. Yes, I will stick with the Broncos as well. Chargers taking on the New York football Giants. Uh, Chargers get two back-to-back wins. I think that they're just better than the Giants. I'll go with the Chargers as well here. Uh, Bucks taking on the Bills. Do we have the Bills? We have the Bills winning tonight, so this would be the Bills winning two in a row. Yep, I think they do get uh, two back-to-back wins. I think they win against Belichick first, and then Brady. I think they're going to beat the Bucks. Uh, I don't know that both of these teams are good. I think yeah. that the Bills are just going to get hot right now, and they're going to win. Just beating the OG Patriots. That's well, right. I got the Bucks winning this one because the That's OG fair. Patriots always beat. The Bills, and although I'm picking Belichick to lose, I'm going to pick Brady to win because you can't beat both of them. Hey, fair, fair enough. Right. Packers, Bears, Chris, on Sunday Night Football. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers. I, the Bears aren't very good this season, unfortunately. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm going with the Packers as well because I don't think the Bears are very good either. Chris, I saw this thing. Just wanted your opinion on this. Says There used to be a tradition in the NHL that teams would never touch their conference final trophy before uh, because it was a signal that they weren't satisfied with it. Do you like that? Should uh, we go back to that? No, I mean, I think that that's still an accomplishment, but I do see where they're coming from. I see because, it, I mean, yeah, the job's not done. I think Kobe Bryant was uh, was famous for, for that too, saying the job's not done, we're not finished. Like, yeah, this is cool, but the ultimate – the ultimate goal is to win a championship. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I hear what they're saying, but, I mean, it's still exciting to win the AFC or the NFC. Yeah, I think it's garbage. Just throw it away. It doesn't make any oh, difference. Fair Give, enough. You get to the game. The game is what matters the most. Actually, I got – someone gave me – well, I shouldn't say this, actually. Um, I No, I will. It's okay. I got an NFC Championship hat when the Niners won the NFC Championship, and I was too nervous to wear it because I was like, I'm not going to celebrate their championship until they've won the Super Bowl. And I don't know what to do with it because I'm like, I don't want to wear it because like, I don't 
Like, they lost a Super Bowl. I don't, right. you know, I don't care about winning the NFC. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's just my thing. Anyways. Uh, by the way, also, did you see there was a college football game where the pit quarterback faked a slide and then uh, kept running, and it's causing all sorts of chaos because Ooh. he scored a touchdown on the play. Yeah, I do not like that. I don't like that because you are calling every flag if you even attempt to touch them. When they're sliding to the ground, it's a it's a flag. It's an automatic first down. It's a big deal. You can't fake slides. Yeah. Like otherwise, you, you, I I don't like that at all. Yeah. You can't fake slides, and I don't like when quarterbacks fake going out of bounds too. Yeah, where they fake going out of bounds and then they run up another ten yards because hey, you're already telling the defense they can't hit you. And now you're faking it, so now we have to hit you. Should quarterbacks basically just become running backs? Like, forget the whole sliding rule. Like, a quarterback, as soon as they run, they have the same rules applied to them as Absolutely. everyone else. Absolutely. Uh, 100%. Can a running back slide? Like, if a running back slides, is it the same rules? I don't know, because running backs usually fall forward. They, I mean, they wouldn't. Yeah. So that's right. a, like they'll take the contact. No, but. exactly. And I think that that should be the case. If you are sitting back in the pocket, I think you should be protected. Sure. But if you take off and run, you know the risk. You know you become a running back. You are based. Yeah, you are a running back. So we should be able to treat you like that. I say we like I'm an NFL yeah. linebacker yeah, or yeah. whatever. Supposedly th- there are rules in the NFL that – ban fake sliding but I swear I've seen Kyler Murray get like in a position where it's like oh he's gonna go down or oh he's gonna step out of bounds and then he does stepping out of bounds I've seen lots of people right get to that sideline and kind of like step that direction and then oh change my mind and yeah, keep going that's and, messed up because yeah. if they were if you were to put one toe outside out of bounds and then you got hit the then it would be a big deal. It'd be fines, it'd be flags, it'd be yeah. so many yards. It's ridiculous. I think once you get out of the pocket and you and you run, you're a running back. All right. Well, anyways, thank you all for listening. Yep. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Sacktown Sports and Twitter at Sacktown underscore Sports. Let us know that you're listening. We want to interact with you guys. So hit us up on there yep. and like and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you. Peace out. Beat LA. Peace.